This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today, I'm here to talk to you about advancing your story without traumatizing your characters or your readers. You know that stories need stakes. You know you need to get your readers to care about your story and your characters. So, you try to make the stakes big enough and scary enough to really draw the readers in. But you don't have to traumatize your characters to advance your story. At the titular panel at Balticon 53, Jean-Marie Ward, Eric Hardenbrook, Stephen Wilson, Jamila Brinkley, and Maddie Brayen shared their tips and tricks. First off, before we can talk about how to avoid traumatizing your characters, what is trauma and how does it differ from conflict? Well, we all know that stories thrive on conflict. If everyone is in agreement just marching forward together, you don't have much of a story. So what is the difference? When you boil it down to the core, Conflict is when two or more entities have opposing goals, or at least not parallel ones. Trauma is a change that damages you and is actively harmful, or passively harmful. It's harmful. Now, a caveat. There is no one-size-fits-all definition of what is traumatic. Thanks to people's pasts, their mental health, and their emotional state, what is traumatic to one person can be no problem to another. So we asked the panelists, where do you draw the line? Now, clearly this is not a comprehensive list by any means, um, but when the panelists shared where they draw the line, this is what they said. Explicit sexual abuse, dismemberment, shoving children out windows, thank you Game of Thrones, children soldiers, explicit assault and violence, and killing the cat or dog. John Wick knows what to do with people like that. So now that we know where some people draw the line, how do we raise the stakes without really touching on those topics? Um, what are other ways we can raise the stakes without invoking these traumas? One, family. Uh, you gotta love them. Protecting and defending families or handling family expectations and the weight of that on your shoulders or dealing with family history and fraught relationships be it between siblings, parents, or children, etc. All families have their own sort of baggage. Um, another way that you can invoke um, stakes and conflict without trauma is survival. It's the oldest story in the book. Human versus nature or space um, is a classic story of stakes. You've got to deal with hunger. Do you have enough food in the wilderness or on your spaceship? What happens if you get sick? If you get ill? If you get injured? What happens when the weather isn't cooperating? 
there's a lot of ways you can bring nature in to raise the stakes. And that's even before you hit like lava flows and earthquakes and tornadoes and sharknadoes, whatever. Another way to raise the stakes, meaningful relationships. People like, most people don't want to disappoint others. Most people have more than one person that they're trying to satisfy the needs of and those needs may not necessarily be in alignment. What your boss wants and your spouse wants and your kids want are probably not the same thing. Another way to raise the stakes is how to handle the emotional baggage that comes with those meaningful relationships, either the main character's own emotional baggage and or those around them, the ones that they love. Another way to raise the stakes is separation. Take the characters away from their support network and their family and their friends. Are they on the run from the government or is there some weird contrived notion like a rom-com that they can't see them because of a bet or something? Your imagination is your limit. So those are some ways you can raise the stakes without invoking trauma, but some stories are still going to invoke trauma. And the story calls for it, and that's okay. Sometimes that's the story you need to tell. But that doesn't mean it's the story that all the readers need to see. Which brings us to trigger warnings. I know, it's contentious. On one hand, you have the people who clearly understand that you need to make the story work and you shouldn't leave stuff out um, that people in real life aren't coddled and we shouldn't coddle our characters and you don't want to give away spoilers because that can really affect the emotional impact of a story. On the other hand, you have people who are dealing with depression or loss and really don't want to read about suicide or people who have dealt with miscarriages and find it re upsetting to read about miscarriages or a child's loss. Um, since we're talking about books and characters being traumatized are often the main characters, we typically get to watch them work past their traumas to grow and manage and move on or become Batman. And seeing that healing can be really good for people. But dealing with that, um, especially if you get really involved in your books and the writing is good enough that you really connect with the main character, that can be exhausting emotionally for the reader. And not everyone is, is ready to deal with that on a daily basis. A lot of people, especially with genre fiction, are reading to escape from reality, not deal with a lot of the same traumas that they deal with in their everyday life. And that's, uh, and there's plenty of books out there that don't have triggering content, but it's hard to find that if you know that there are particular things that are going to trigger you, how do you find a good book to read? 
clearly one cannot give a trigger warning about everything that might trigger someone. Um, and of course, there are some triggers that are implicit in certain genres, like suspense or thrillers or military fiction. You're probably going to have some killing, some death, some dead bodies. Um, this is where I'm going to differ a little bit from the panel. Personally, I think that there are ways of writing blurbs for the back of books that can hint at the content within. We already rate these things for movies. Maybe, I know, there probably was pushback when they instituted the movie rating system, but I'm too young to remember it. But I do know that when they use books in schools, they often have themes listed. And I think that maybe a content note or a themes list might be a good way to help identify things that might be traumatic for people and let them make up their own minds about whether or not this is something they want to read. Uh, for example, this book deals with the themes of religion, magic, suicide idolation, violence, and the killing of both animals and humans. Then again, I write mostly YA, so letting libraries and teachers know if, um, can help them know if a book is right for their freshman class or their senior class. So I might be coming from a very different place than people who write adult fiction. Um, clearly, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, and this one is mine. Um, so. So we've talked about ways of raising the stakes without invoking trauma. We've talked about ways of communicating when trauma may have been invoked. Um, let's talk about who we traumatize in our stories, compounding traumas. Now, this is obviously not always the case, but very often when you look at which characters are being traumatized in books, you can see a pattern. It's not usually the man in authority, it's the woman, or the person of color, or the LGBTQA character. Is this due to cultural biases about who can be traumatized? Maybe. It's hard to know where our biases stop and where our story and imagination take over, because biases are just so internalized and really hard to evaluate um, within you. Now, clearly there are exemptions of this. Look at Iron Man and his phobias and trauma um, after uh, the one before the Infinity War. Um, so, so, so clearly compounding trauma is not always where it happens. But in your writing, if you look at it and you're traumatizing women, people of color, non-cishet characters in order to motivate your main character, you have fallen into what is now commonly referred to as the fridging trope. Um, named after a Green Lantern comic in which his girlfriend was brutally murdered and shoved into a refrigerator just to motivate him to move forward. Try to do better. It's lazy writing, overdone, and often done to two-dimensional characters. And we deserve better. So, moving beyond trauma, can limiting characters through trauma or otherwise make them stronger. 
it does make for a more compelling story. As humans, we're drawn to stories of people overcoming obstacles, but you do want to watch out and make sure you're not falling into some stereotypes of disabled people being brave and strong and never upset or angry, overcoming their... It's, it's a trope and it's traits and it's overdone and you have to remember that no matter who you're writing about, they should be three-dimensional characters with wants, needs, and um, things that tick them off. You know, they're, they're real people. They're not just there to promote your theme and propel your main character forward. Um, in that vein, make sure that you're giving your traumatized characters agency to make decisions, not just react to what you've done to them. Um, going back to the Marvel Universe, after Endgame, Captain Marvel, or sorry, Captain America decided to deal with his trauma through altruism. He joined 12-step support groups to talk to people and try and help them through. Black Widow dealt with her trauma by devoting herself to her job and just diving in. Both of them could have chosen to go the other way. They both had similar traumas to deal with, but they had their own agency so they could deal with the trauma in the way that best suited that character. Which brings us to the flip side. If you give your characters advantages, um... You often are often also giving them um, regrets about the sacrifices that happened to give them those advantages. So I know these notes kind of rambled a little um, and some were only tangentially related to the primary topic, but it's good to remember that stakes don't have to be played in flesh and blood. Let me know what you thought. Uh, do you hate the idea of sharing themes about your novels? Do you have a better method in mind? Do you have some new ways of raising the stakes that we didn't get to in this panel without destroying your character or reader's psyche? And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share it with all your friends. It goes a long way towards helping people find me. And I'll be back again next Monday with more writing tips and writerly musings. Bye-bye.